Okay, warriors, you are listening to Unqualified Therapists. Remember, stay wild and weird. Hey, warriors, this is Amy. And I'm Sarah. We are the hosts of The Unqualified Therapist. We are not here to give you advice. We are here to tell you our stories, share your stories, and bring on the professionals from time to time. Mental health is complicated, and we know that from our personal experience. We believe in professional therapy. Both Sarah and I use that on our own healing journeys. But we also know it isn't one size fits all. The stigma surrounding mental illness can make us feel alone. We are not alone. You are not alone. And you're listening to The Unqualified Therapist Sync. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Unqualified Therapist. Let it go, let it go, can't hold it back anymore. Let it go, let it go. I don't know the rest of the words. (laughs) As you can tell from Sarah's beautiful song, we are talking about letting go today. Yes, but before we dive in... We just need to have a little fun because, you know, it's been some time since we've chatted with y'all. So can we please discuss and tell everybody and talk about how we are exploring TikTok as a business? (laughs) Oh, man, we are trying to understand the TikTok without getting sucked into the TikTok. That's my problem. Hours will go by. Yes. And I won't know that until I'm like, holy fucking shit, look what time it is. So, you know, we've been doing things separately on there. And we said, you know what, we should do one of these dances, you know, that the cool kids, the youngins are doing. We got together last week and did two, a total of two in about four or five hours. (laughs) Well, there was some wine involved. Yes, there was. And the outtakes are pretty damn good. Uh, actually, we did three because we did the Taylor Swift one as well. That wasn't really a dance, yes, we but did. still, we got three. I have to say that I was kind of proud of my TikToks. And then my daughter saw them and immediately typed in, way to go, Sarah. I'm not sure who that other lady is. It's your fucking mother, man. Oh man, she. So then, I, I'm not even kidding you when I tell you that my confidence was just busted at that point. I was like, "Well, I hope nobody sees this." Stop. She was not going to claim you, but that's pretty typical for an almost 13 year old. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I had fun doing it. I had a blast. We were absolutely ridiculous and it was, the outtakes are just phenomenal. And I feel like we should just make a TikTok of the outtakes of us messing up Megan Trainer's dance 7,000 times. Yeah, 7,000 times, but we did hold on, I think in one take. We did do Wilson Phillips mm-hmm. hold on in one take. That's because there was yeah. nothing choreographed. <laughs> it was just us being us. 
It's not getting nearly as many views. People like the... <laughs> the more challenging dance moves. I suppose so. So you know what that means, then? More dances. We have to do more dances. I'm down with it, man. I'm down with it. I don't... Ain't no 13-year-old gonna pull me down. That's right. <laughs> okay, so we are not in the know. So if you guys could, like, message us or tag us or something on TikTok with dances that we can learn, please do. So, cause I don't even know what's out there. I just knew Megan Trainer's one because I follow Elise Myers and I'm obsessed with her and she did that. Of course, with fucking Megan Trainer herself. So, you know. <laughs> yes, we are at Unqualified Therapist on TikTok. So if you want to see our dances and see some of those outtakes, you can check it out there. Also tag us. We're down for anything. So. Almost anything. Um, well, yeah, I meant like a dance. The same OnlyFans. We don't get some Patreons. <laughs> I just meant TikTok isn't OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> this is our campaign to keep us off OnlyFans. Please visit patreon.com backslash unqualified therapist sync. Pledge your $5 today. Please help us out. Hey, before we go into our episode i think we both kind of watched at least the first two episodes of this and my mind is actually literally blown this is not for the young people this is for the people our age who uh remember the casey anthony case and i was obsessed i knew with you it. were gonna say that yeah yeah even with the lag you knew um our internet back yes. and forth right now is shit so we're struggling but anyways if you did not watch that yet on Peacock, I highly suggest it, especially if you were watching like court TV, but I was obsessed with this case and I was sure that I knew what had happened. I thought I was certain, like I was the fucking detective at 20 or whatever I was. Yeah, that's because the media played it that way. The media made it the way that they wanted to portray it, that she was guilty, the end, end of story, like that's it. It made me think a lot about some of the stories that Sarah and I have held tight um, separately things that have happened to our own personal lives and have had to hold on to those truths for so long uh, some have been told some are still we're holding on to but like again this is another situation where I'm like <laughs> if she can do it I can do it and I'm gonna have my fucking day where maybe it's on Peacock <laughs> tell my story but this <laughs> poor woman had to hold in the most horrendous thing that she was uh, the, the thing that she loved the most her baby being said that she had killed her and the whole world the whole entire globally world believed she did because that's what they put through except the jury in fact mike didn't even want to watch it because he was like what's there to watch she's guilty and I was like, I don't know. The reason I wanted to watch it, because I was like, what could she possibly have to say? How could she possibly defend herself in this situation? And that's why I wanted to watch it. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, there is a lot that we did not know. And I'm, I'm not laughing at her story. I'm laughing at my naivety in, and my willingness to believe the media so readily and how ridiculous it was. And when I heard her story from her own mouth, I was like, oh my gosh. This is a good transition to us talking about letting go and not in the terms of the letting go part, but the releasing part. She is now able to release these things that she's been holding on to. And that has to be 
so cathartic and therapeutic for her. At least I hope it is. I hope that it wasn't traumatic. I'm sure that in some cases and some of the things that she was talking about and revealing on camera for the first time ever, there has to be some sort of residual trauma that happens from that. But I really hope all in all that this experience was cathartic for her. Yeah, but I'm thinking the whole time, like she had to have come to a level of letting go just to live after this because mm -hmm. I thought in my brain immediately, I was like, fucking bravo to you for not wanting to like end your life because now yes, you've lost yes. the only thing you love and now the whole world thinks you're a fucking monster and you can't do shit about either. Yes, and it really got me thinking about this episode and us and our upcoming event that we're doing in person where we're really focusing on releasing and letting go. So if you are in the Pittsburgh area, please come join us. This episode is going to be a little bit of a glimpse into what we're going to be doing that night, but that night's going to be so special because of course we're going to be in person. We're going to be doing things together. The community feeling of it is, is going to be such a vibe and it's not going to be so researchy. I guess is the right word. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is going to be more um, story driven and personal yes. and intimate. And it's really going to be a cathartic. I like how you said like community thing. It's also, you know, when you're doing something together, it feels even more cathartic. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more later on in the episode when we talk about ways to let go and ways to release. But Amy and I were so thankful to be able to do some of that uh, this weekend we did a breath work and sort of sound bath healing with some pretty amazing women. And the community part of that for me was so healing in hearing a room full of people breathing with the same purpose and releasing everything at once. And it was just a wild experience. When we talk about letting go, we're talking about letting go of negative emotions and the things that we hold on to that we shouldn't be holding on to anymore. We're not talking about like, oh, you experienced this horrific trauma, get over it. Like that is not what we are saying at all. So I just wanted to make sure we say that like at the top before we kind of dive into all of this. But we're talking about the negative emotions, the things that we store, the things that we ruminate on, the things that manifest into other things that cause physical ailments and can really contribute to our mental health as well. Betterhealth.com, they talk about negative emotions and how they stop us from thinking and behaving rationally. I need to be able to think and behave rationally. Like I need all the help I can get because I live in an emotional state like 90% of the time. So, um, and I think that's because I was holding on to a lot of things. So this makes complete sense to me but it also keeps us from seeing situations in their true perspective. So when this happens, we tend to only see what we want to see and remember only what we want to remember. So this prolongs the anger and grief and prevents us from enjoying life. Boy, am I so glad that I have begun the journey and it is gonna be a long one. I am certainly not at the end of it of releasing and letting go because I absolutely can relate to this. The negative emotions that you're talking about, um, one of the things I read talked about allowing that to flow through you instead of completely just like pretending like it's not happening or 
holding on to it, but feeling it kind of come through your entire body, back out your feet, because it needs to happen, but instead of like keeping it somewhere in your body and storing it there. When we store it, it can cause a lot of physical effects. And this, I was so surprised at how many. The National Institute of Mental Health talks about persistent chronic levels of stress and negative emotions and how those can contribute to high blood pressure, heart disease, dehydration, insomnia, compromised immune system, diabetes, and digestive issues. And that it also can lead to muscle tension and aches. It can cause malnutrition from a decreased appetite, which makes it more difficult for your body to grow and heal from injuries. And so not only are these all bad for your health, but they greatly affect your quality of life and your mental health as well. You all would be so proud of me because Amy and I always talk about how we buy books and then don't read them. And one of the ones that I had bought and hadn't read or picked up really was uh, Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart. And I'm obsessed with her and I love her. And I've fully read several of her books, but this was one that I had gotten into my bad habit and purchased and didn't get into. So I picked it up for this today. So I'm very happy about it because I wanna talk about anger a little bit. I think anger can be a real motivator for holding on to things and for not letting go and not releasing. I think from personal experience, it can feel justified and almost good to hold on to anger for some things until you let it go. And then you realize, oh, that feels so much better. <laughs> I wish I would have let go of that a long time ago. Brene talks about in Atlas of the Heart. So she has this book sectioned out into ways that you feel. So this is in the section called Places We Go When We Feel Wronged. And that includes anger, contempt, disgust, dehumanization, hate, and self-righteousness. And when she talks about anger, she talks about it as a full contact emotion because, quote, it activates our nervous system and can hijack our thoughts and behaviors. It can take a real toll on our mental and physical health. Researchers explain that regulating and coping with anger rather than holding on to or expressing chronic anger is crucial for the health of our brain. It reduces psychiatric problems and it's crucial for the other organs in our body. There is also an interesting biological component to anger. A substantial amount of research indicates that our propensity for anger and aggression is partially hereditary, but the specific gene locations have not yet been identified. I think that's fascinating. No, yeah. it's not. I, you're a liar. <laughs> that's it's Brene Brown. She doesn't lie. Okay, but think about that. That's a really interesting... What if it's like one of those generational trauma things, though, that it can be hereditary in that way? Like an angry person, they just pass that on to the next generation. I, I could see that happening. I 100% see it that happening. I did also want to say that she makes sure to, to note that anger is not necessarily a bad thing. And this is a quote from the book again. As a former union organizer and lifelong activist, I think anger is often the most compassionate response to experiencing or witnessing injustice. It can be a powerful catalyst for change that doesn't need to be explained or justified. And I still think that behind the anger is a tempest of pain, grief, betrayal, disappointment, and other emotions. Oh yeah. And she also talks about how anger is not a primary emotion. And I really hadn't thought about this too much until I, start, till I started really digging into this book about primary and secondary emotions and how anger 
is a result of something else, whether it is grief or feeling wronged in some way, feeling injustice, like we said, witnessing injustice, sadness, those types of primary emotions that happen, and then anger is a result of that. That makes so much sense because every time I can think of that's really sticking out that I was so angry, it came from grief or it came from feeling like I was being wronged or seeing injustice. Those are exactly the three things where I was like, I am so angry. I am someone who says that often and I don't know if saying it is a way for me to try to like let it flow through me, but I was thinking about it as you were reading and I do that often. I will say I am so angry. I think that too, it's like when you can't find the words to go with the emotion, like, so the thing that I talk about so annoyingly vague <laughs> is the past <laughs> two months of what happened in my world that I'm just not ready to share about yet. But I just remember saying over and over, I am so angry. I'm so angry. And I, it was because I couldn't figure out what the emotion was. Like, what? why was I crying all the time? Why was I so sad? Like, why couldn't I get out of bed? Like, what was it? And that was just the word I could hold on to. It's so important that you're saying that right now, because my belief is that we have to look into that anger and ask ourselves where it's coming from to be able to release and work through these emotions. I think we have to sit back and say like, okay, I'm angry. I've, I've already established this. What is it? Why am I angry? What is causing this feeling? What feeling came before that? And if it's, especially if it's something in the moment where you feel anger and it's like kind of at the drop of a hat, you can think, what did I just feel? What flash did I feel of emotion before the anger set in? And sometimes it takes a little bit for like the anger to set in where at first you feel hurt. And then mm -hmm. a couple of hours later, you start yeah. to get real pissed off. <laughs> and then it's a little easier to identify at that point. So the last quote I'm going to read from Brene from this book is, anger is a catalyst. Holding on to it will make us exhausted and sick. Internalizing anger will take away our joy and spirit. Externalizing anger will make us less effective in our attempts to create change and forge connection. It's an emotion that we need to transform into something life-giving. Courage, love, change, compassion, justice. So I absolutely recommend this book. I have read more than just the anger part, I promise. I know sometimes I'm like, I read four pages, you should read it. Um, but <laughs> I've read a lot of it so far now. And it's really important in being able to understand our emotions better so that we can communicate them better, so we can process them better, so we can have a better quality of life. So I am digging it right now, especially as we're going through this season of releasing and I highly recommend it. Atlas of the Heart by, Na by Brene Brown. Sitting on Amy's bookshelf, untouched. <laughs> like so many others. I think the anger goes along with forgiveness and the fact that like letting go and forgiving has, and this has been said, but like it doesn't hurt to repeat it, has nothing to do with them and everything to do with you. It's for you, it's not for the other person. That process of letting go of that anger, that rage, and just forgiving them or it doesn't even have to be that deep like you don't have to actually forgive them just by letting go of that is bringing enough peace for yourself i am actually reading a book that's been on my shelf forever so go us um and it's the <laughs> <laughs> the power of now by eckhart tolle and he has a lot about letting go and my favorite quote about that right now is sometimes letting things go 
is an act of far greater power than defending or hanging on. And realizing that your power comes from letting go is such a, it's a shift, it's a pivot in your brain, knowing that that's not the weak thing to do, but that's the powerful thing to do. It's the more evolved, the higher level thing, the thing that's gonna bring you peace. Six tips for letting go. This is from um, successconscience.com. Number one that is very similar to a lot of things that we're already trying to do, and that's being more mindful. So trying to be more aware of your thoughts and take notice of what they are so that you can let go of the things that are not going to bring any peace or bring any productivity. Like it's just there to create more anxiety and stress and sadness. So once you are more aware of your thoughts, trying to shift not to toxic positivity, but shifting your thoughts to something more positive. And that could be gratitude. That could be anything that's not like so focusing on this thing that you can't let go of. Trying to come to like either what happened that was good because of it or what is good right now in this moment. Like what do I have to be grateful for? Number three is to be aware of feelings and emotions, especially if you're an empath things that you're not letting go of that maybe aren't even yours, like that you've somehow (laughs) taken on. Has that happened to you, Sarah? Yeah, it absolutely has happened to me before. Sometimes where I get really confused because I'm like, why do I feel super mad right now? I have nothing to be mad about. And I have to like think about who I'm with and what's happening. (laughs) I could really tune into my boss, my former boss when I was at corporate. And when she would come in the room, I would pick up on her emotions immediately. And she was like, thought it was the freakiest thing ever because I would immediately say something like, are you okay today? And she would be like, how did you know that I'm not okay? And I would be like, I don't know. I can just like feel you're not okayness <laughs> yeah and and then you know it's taking it with you like instead of saying mm-hmm. are you okay just being like not aware of what just happened and then you've now taken on these emotions that aren't even your own and you're all fucked off <laughs> for nothing that even happened to you and you're like what is happening so that's just that's just part of you know being aware of your thoughts and especially if you're an empath really being able to like work through releasing let it come in and release you know release it out of you because it's not yours to hold on to and if it was yours to hold on to you wouldn't want to hold on to it anyways because that's what we're talking about Mm -hmm. so (laughs) number four is making peace with yourself other people and the situation so whatever it is however it ended up just making peace with that so all of these are are kind of flowing together i understand that but i think that it's important to you know to think about each of them individually and maybe as they're building on each other. I don't know, the older I get, the realize the realization I have is that nothing at all is worth my peace. I would much rather not have, you know, taken injustice and made it just. I would much rather not have the money. I would much rather be thought of in a certain way by a certain group of people. I don't care. Like, I'm not going to hold on to that. Like, I'm just going to make the peace with myself. Peace has become more precious with each year. Yes. It's priceless. It's the thing that I treasure and value the most. I highly suggest it. Um, it, No matter what the situation (laughs) is, it's always better when I protect the peace 
of myself and my home. Number five is so obvious, but don't dwell on the past. And while that seems obvious, we do it. And one of the other things that Eckhart Tolle says in the book is that the past doesn't really exist. I mean, you know, he he's like me, like, you know, I mean, I'm like him because he's way smarter than me, but time doesn't really exist, right? <laughs> so the only thing, the only thing that exists is this moment right now. Talking about the past is just, you know, a waste of your time, space and energy now. Where I disagree with that, and I'm I'm gonna guess that Sarah's gonna say the same thing, is that you know you you're not pretending like it didn't happen, you're not avoiding healing from it, those sorts of things. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like don't live in that past where like if I had made this other decision, or if I had only said this to that person, or I should have I should have gotten them back in this way, or. I never should have recorded that podcast episode. <laughs> a little Easter egg for y'all out there. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. So you can't, you can't change it. It is what it is. You did it for the reason you did it. Okay, fine. Fuck it. Like it is what it is. And only th- the only thing that exists is right now in this moment. And so dwelling on it's not going to help. And then finally, I've gotten better. I think Sarah's gotten better, but I, I still think we struggle. We talk about this a lot and it's don't take things personally. It is hard not to do that but what I also have learned it's never about you like 99.9% of the time it is not about you it just isn't it isn't somebody's going through something somebody had a day this that or the other it doesn't mean that people can treat you like garbage it's just that don't take it personally that's just extra stress on your body and takes away from the peace that you could be having Those were the six tips on uh, really just it goes to mindfulness, like really, really, really be aware of your thoughts. What's going through your mind and what can you release over and over and over again? And that's one of the things that we're going to talk about at our mini retreats, especially the next one that's coming up on December 15th in Pittsburgh is this is not something you do once or twice or three times. It's over and over and over. It's a process. When you go to the gym and work out, you're not going to do it one time. Like you've got to do it over and over and over again. Same with like drinking water. You can't just drink water one day and never again. It's the same process of letting go. I think that it's so important for me to remember that there's no finish line for anything because life is going to continue to happen to us, with us, at us. <laughs> yes. And so when things continue to happen, we have to continue to release. And just like you would continue to take care of your physical health, and if you don't, then your health starts to fail, then you have to continue to take care of your mental health or the same will happen. I just wanted to say, too, that I I do agree with living in the moment and being in the present moment, and I'm going to echo what you said We do have to learn from our past so we can't forget it, but so that we don't make the same mistakes or don't allow the same things to happen in the same circumstances and don't allow patterns to become an unhealthy part of our lives. So we do have to be really careful with that. When you were talking about reliving it and kind of dwelling on it, I just got this visualization in my head of like being in prison. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's like, I have been a prisoner to my past so many times. I have lived in a prison of my past and not even things that were necessarily anger-based, but some of them were anger-based and some of them were shame. Some of them came from grief. Some of them came from embarrassment. 
So there's just a lot of things that you can hold on to and become that prisoner to if you let yourself dwell and live in that space. It's so important to recognize how many different ways that you can dwell, right? It can be something that's not monumental in your life. It could just be like, I should not have acted so weird at the coffee shop. Like, why am I such a weirdo? Like, well, why couldn't I just let that be? You know, like, why do I have to get involved in everything? That sort of thing. Not that that's ever happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're not going to leave you hanging. We are going to give you some ways that you can release as well. And I'm going to start off with the one. I mean, we know all of these. So these are all common sense, I feel like. But we have to get these reminders because I forget and I'll be in the moment. I'll be in that prison of my past and be like, why can't I escape it? And that's because I'm not fucking thinking about the things that I could be doing to get out of it. So we're going to just keep sending the messages and keep giving you the tools regardless of how obvious they may seem so the very first obvious one is going to be exercise and i'm going to give you a lot because sometimes when you're in that space that's not a thing that you can do i i can tell you from personal experience that there are times when i'm in that space and i'm like that's not an option for me right now i cannot get up from this spot so I am the couch I am a potato what can I do while being a potato and still be able to release and let go so the next one is going to be Amy's favorite and that's journaling and it doesn't have to be like a traditional journal you can do a mind dump you can just start writing and see what comes out you can mind map and put a word in the middle of the page and start shooting off words from that word there are actual journals out there that are centered around dealing with and working through anger if that's the issue we will be perhaps having a tool for you soon that you can use to help you work through releasing your own baggage wink wink nudge nudge keep an eye out for that <laughs> it's very exciting yes very exciting this is going to go along with the tips that amy gave and that's going to be intentional movement and you could put that word intentional in front of everything that you do and that will put you in a mindful space. So that just means like you are walking, taking a walk with a purpose. You are stretching with a purpose. You are thinking about like, I am stretching. I am releasing through these stretches. I can feel it leaving my body. With each step I take, I'm walking further away from the anger that I am leaving behind. Just thinking those kinds of things and putting some intention behind it. Intentional movement is a great thing to do as well. I am huge with visualization. It's the way I learn, so that's like the type of learner I am, so I don't know if that's why I, it helps me so much. But when it comes to anything mental health, visualization's a huge help for me. So maybe that resonates with you, maybe it doesn't. That's interesting. Yeah, this kind of goes along with the visualization and that's reframing your thoughts. So if I can say these things out loud or say them in my head or sort of visualize them again in my head, when I have a negative thought or an intrusive thought or something that is bringing me down or putting me into a space that I'm like, I need to let this go. This needs to go away. One of the ways to do that is to reframe that thought. So an example would be saying that you have a problem. So if you're like, I have all these problems, like I can't solve this problem. Problem has such a negative connotation to it. So if you change the word problem in your mind to challenge. Like I have this challenge and I'm gonna face this challenge and I know that I can find a solution for it. It just twists it just enough, like just that little tiny bit enough 
to where it takes the heaviness off of it and the negativity off of it. Another example would be somebody said this to me recently and it really changed my thought process because I was starting to not feel good physically. I was starting to have like, I was like, oh, yes. I think I'm getting sick. And instead of saying, I'm sick, I feel sick, I feel like shit, which is what I do. I'll be like, I feel like shit, I feel like garbage. Like that's what comes out of my mouth and then I, it doesn't help, it doesn't help. But instead of saying that, you say aloud that my body is working on healing and getting healthy. I am healing right now. <laughs> Saying that and twisting that perspective can change the way your physical body responds and heals. And that is actually something a doctor will recommend to you. When my dad was going through his cancer treatments, the doctor and oncologist said to him from Cleveland Clinic, your attitude will make 100% of a difference in how you recover and how much longer of a life that you get to live. And my dad took that to heart. And when he was given six months and he lived almost two years, I, that proves it right there for me. Yeah, it's it's proven that your attitude and the way that you look at th look at things and the way that you frame those things can really make a big difference in how they turn out. And then the last way that I have for you is to make a gratitude list. I feel like we just say this over and over again. It's made such a difference in my life though, in changing my perspective of everything is shit. <laughs> Why does everything bad happen? Because I was like living in that space. And so putting down like three things that I am grateful for every day changes my outlook on everything. And I'm like, everything is not shit. I have things that I can be grateful for. I have a sign in my kitchen that says there is always, always, always something to be thankful for. And I have to look at it often and remind myself it's an ongoing journey. <laughs> <laughs> I found when you were talking about problems, also from the power of now, Eckhart Tolle, he says, there are no problems, only situations to be dealt with now or to be left alone or accepted as part of the isness of the present moment until they change or can be dealt with. It's just such a neutral way to imagine something happening. We're not calling it a problem. We're just saying, okay, this is just a situation and I have choices. Do I deal with it now, later, or do I just live with it? You know, that sort of thing. And trying not to flow upstream and fight it all so hard. I think that's another thing with the letting go is that you're just letting yourself flow a little bit with the way that life is going, the movement of it, instead of, you know, fighting so damn hard all the way up so that you can yeah. hold on to everything. It's exhausting and I'm just too tired to do it anymore. Yeah, that's why we just let it, it is what it is. Like, it doesn't mean you stop trying. It doesn't mean you stop doing your life. It just means that don't need to hold on to all the things that, I don't know, for a while it felt like if I let go of them, I don't know who I would be. I don't know what I would do. And then it was that, it's that sense of control. It, Absolutely is. And I actually had a quote <laughs> ready for this from Elizabeth Gilbert that says, you are afraid of surrender because you don't want to lose control, but you never had control. All you had was anxiety. We don't have any control. What the hell's wrong with us? <laughs> I'll be sure to tell you that and you tell me, okay, next time. Okay. Well, yes, we'll remind next you. Next time other. a situation happens. <laughs> yes. We'll say, we just have the choices. We need to let the control go. So Amy and I both believe that music is medicine. 
And one of my favorite artists is India Ari, and I could listen to her all day, every day. <laughs> and she actually has a, a song called Just Let It Go. And some of the words are just let it go inch by inch, just let it go and do it again. And that's sort of what we've been talking about. Like it's just little by little and consistently, you have to keep doing it. Um, but she says it's, you know, it feels so good to let it go like a million rocks on your shoulders. You've been through so much, so many ups and downs. You've given your love, but never like the way it turned out. You closed off your heart and you carry the weight like a million rocks on your shoulders. But you don't have to wait for an apology. But for someone else to make amends When you can remember That your healing is in your hands Just let it go Inch by inch Just let it go And do it again Just let it go One of my favorite songs to use um, at the end of a yoga class is Let It Breathe by Rob Ricardo. It is very similar in the sense of when things get hard, it says we can be exposed to so much dark every minute, but trust me when I say there's a light, there's a love, and there's a way. So if your world gets heavy and your fire burns low, your road gets rough and your heart runs cold. Just let it breathe like the wind through the trees. Let it flow with ease like an ocean breeze. And I think about that, just letting all of that angst and anxiety and hard stuff like just flow out of you through your breath. And probably now that you're saying this, like visualization too, visualizing it like coming out of you. I just really love this song because it always makes me come back to making sure that I'm not holding on to something because all this stuff is happening to all of us at all the time even in the best moments so letting it just flow through us and not ignoring it but not also holding on to it sometimes i know it gets tough you lie in bed and not wondering if you're enough well trust me now when i say you are but no matter what this life at times will break you apart so if your world gets heavy and your fire burns low your road gets rough and your heart runs cold just let it be that the wind through the trees let it flow with ease like an ocean breeze take it all saying to ignore things and not address them. We're saying you have to feel them. You have to let them flow through you. You've got to address it. You have to figure out what that feeling is. You have to let yourself sit in that feeling for a little bit and go through you. You've got to process it, but then we can't live there. We've got to then release it to be able to have that quality of life and that peace that we're all searching for. And some of the small things we can flow through us, but 
Sarah and I are women who sit and talk about this endlessly to our therapist. So we're not saying that we're not dealing with it or you shouldn't deal with it. But I think that was put perfectly like that we just can't live there. We can't live in that space of like, sometimes I'll say like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, why is why are so many bad things happening to me? You don't want to live in a place where you're saying to yourself, saying to other people or believing that bad things always happen to you. We really hope that if you are local, that you will take a look at our retreat info and join us. We want to meet you and we want to share with you some amazing tools we've come up with and we have an amazing guest speaker and it's just going to be a night about, you know, releasing. So hopefully this has been a good prep for you. And if you're listening to it after the fact, then you'll have to join us on our next one. We look forward to seeing all of you there. You can hop on to our Instagram, has our link tree. You can go right to our website at www.unqualifiedtherapists.com. And there is a place to purchase the tickets there. It's going to be a night of deep diving. So come ready to do the work. But also we've got some wine to soften the blow and (laughs) some other fun stuff. (laughs) We will also have other beverages. So don't you worry if you're not into having some alcohol that is totally fine. We've got you. I just want to say a side note and keep this in. If this seems strange at all, Sarah and I have the worst connection we've ever had in two years of doing this. So there's a full five seconds of a lag. And so I'm like, when can I talk or not? And so anyways, (laughs) that has been really, really fun. But we decided to just let it go and still record. (laughs) We're both like so pixelated. We look like Roblox characters. This is terrible. Don't say, no, it's not terrible. It just, it's just a situation. It's a challenge, Amy. Yes, and we have overcome (laughs) it, sort of. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this episode, that you were able to take a small, what's the word? Small nugget. Yes. Small chicken nugget. You can add to your toolbox and allow your life to just flow. So thank you for listening. We hope that you stay wild. And weird warriors, we love you. This episode was brought to you by Sarah Simone and Amy Baumgartner. Theme song and other music provided by Epidemic Sound. All episodes are mixed, mastered, and produced by me, Sarah Simone. To help us keep making episodes just like this one, consider supporting us on patreon.com slash unqualifiedtherapistsinc. Or share us with a friend, relative, coworker, hairstylist, butcher, baker, candlestick maker. Sharing us not only helps keep the mics on, but it furthers our mission in removing the stigma. If you have a mental health journey you'd like to share, email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com or reach out to us on our website, www.unqualifiedtherapists.com. Until next time, hold on, warrior. We're gonna make it. Warrior, warrior. Say it now, say it proud, shout it out, make it where we go.